Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater, popcorn, and other various movie snacks like unlicensed vitamins from Fred Armisen, which you might not be able to find uh, in your local movie theater. Uh, as always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy. And joining me for this episode, we have a very special guest, co-host, my sister, Another good movie buddy, Leah Theodosis. Hi. Leah, how, how you doing? I'm doing really great. Good. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm I'm super pumped to have you. I'm super, I'm pumped to uh, you know when we have guests host, no matter who they are, whether they be family or whether they be friends or, or whoever, it's always exciting because as much as I love talking movies with David, and everybody who listens knows I like talking movies with David. It's really fun to get different perspectives in here for people who haven't seen many movies like we had jeremy in here mm -hmm. to do planet of the apes oh yeah i remember listening to that homeboy didn't watch any of the planet of the yeah. apes movies um you were coming in to talk about rivalry movies yes you're bringing a very specific absolutely <laughs> very specific angle there um and so i kind of wanted to you know obviously introduce you we've had jeremy on uh a friend of the podcast we've had pops williamson on uh the the man who who raised us and now we have you here um, I just kind of wanted to introduce people to our weird relationship. It's it's unique. We're, I mean, don't like get it set up for like the weirdest idea ever. Like no. it's just like our love language is actually just hating each other. Yes, it's not. Yeah, it's not terribly weird. But our lang love language is like, for example, when we used to, you know, live with mom and dad and we would be driving in and out and we would pass each other, our way of saying hi was just flipping each other off. Totally. And that's just normal how it goes. One fun fact about you, though, that we cannot let go unmentioned is the fact that you married my best friend. Absolutely. Like my the best, ultimate, like, I'm better than you, I win, you. I've been chosen for life. Literally, you were a freshman, <laughs> I was a senior, you started bitching about how you wanted to hang out with my friends, I hated it because I spent four years in high school cultivating those friends, those are my friends, and then you came in and you are literally now better friends with, <laughs> with fucking all of them. Then, including my very best friend. I don't know if it was necessarily so much me being like, I will be better friends with your friends. Just watch. Uh, it was more of just like we have a lot of similar interests and likes. And so naturally, we're drawn to the same type of people. We both were in like theater, which is where we both met one yep. of our shared best friends in our life. Yep. And so it just makes sense. Like you like the same people and personalities that right. I'm drawn to. Well, I mean that's a great point. Like we've always been raised on a bit uh, to be uh, in the bit in the vein of being a bit dramatic. Um, we get it from our parents. I think we get it from dad. We we are raised on movies. Me a little bit more so than you. Mm -hmm. um, at least different movies per se. Um, but movies have always been and being being kind of outgoing and being theatrical. Totally. Uh, have always been kind of in our lineage in our blood absolutely so to speak yeah um and so that's really so like i said it's really exciting to have you here um something that i try to do we, we didn't really do with dad but what i try to do is i want to know like we i want people to know a little bit more about you like what your favorite movies are so like if you could just like rattle off like so like give me an idea give the people an idea where you're coming from from a movie standpoint what are some of your favorite movies and remember there's no judgment here your favorite movie could be clueless it could be fucking my little pony for all i care there's no <laughs> there's a no judgment zone here awesome um well honestly like currently my favorite film is definitely la la land mm. i mean i literally sobbed when it did not win best picture not only did it not win it won and then i mean it won and away. then it was taken away and i literally was sobbing granted i had a few too many drinks that night <laughs> but i i was sobbing it's a brilliant film i love it so much um with that being said i'm just a big musical theater fan anyways so i love little shop of horrors i love chicago those are two of my favorite broadway inspired films 
And I'm a big fan of Disney, so I love Wally and Up. I love the classics like Peter Pan and The Little Mermaid. So anything, I guess, with some sort of music in it that just kind of really like paints the picture of what you're watching, I'm a big fan of. And then I do love Clueless, and I love like those 90s pop culture films that you just like will never forget about, right. and they're just iconic. They tr- they 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 manage to capture perfectly the moment of that that they existed in the 90s totally if you look at something like get over it oh my god that is just the most okay so i guess like if i could like shrink that like category smaller it would be like high school drama like 90s films like get over it drive me crazy um 10 things i hate 10 things i hate about you like i just love High school movies, like Mean Girls, love it. Clueless, love it. Love it. High school musical, music, and high school drama combined. Wow, two of my favorite things in one (laughs) film. I could not be happier. So those are pretty much my interests. I really don't like scary movies. Um, Not a big fan of them at all. I saw It recently. Ooh. And I got to say, I like kind of want to go see it again. It's good. It's, it's really good, it's isn't it? It's pretty good. I went into it thinking, like, okay, this is not going to be scary. Basically just, like, pumping myself up to be okay with whatever happens. Right. And thinking, okay, it's just, like, Goonies, or it's just, like, this, thinking it's going to be fine. And there were parts where I was literally closing my eyes because I'm such a baby. But at the end of the film, I was like, I kind of want to see it again now that I know what to expect. Right. I want to be able to go in and like watch all of it and not be a little baby about it. Right. Well, so. I, we, I'm I'm most definitely willing to go back and see it with you. Awesome. Um, I, I love that you brought up the high school drama movies because that sort of is the main focus of the of of the episode today is rivalries. Um, you and I literally are just we're just an hour less than an hour ago. Watching Battle of the Sexes, the story of Billie Jean King versus Bobby Riggs, starring Emma Stone and Steve Carell, and that movie is being is marketed as is as the story of this big rivalry between these two people. Um, And so, before we get into the movie and whether or not that marketing was accurate or not, uh, I kind of want to you know approach rivalries and talk about them a little bit because rivalries in film are what drive films most of the time. They are one of the most um, frequently used dramatic motivators in a movie. You know, sometimes it's there's a bomb on a bus and other times it's I love jazz. But a lot of the time it's just I want to beat this other person. Yeah. That's most movies. And rivalry movies span, the, they, they run the gamut of what, you know, right type of rivalry that we're talking about, whether it be sibling rivalry, which we'll start out with, or whether it be sports rivalry or or uh, a gender based rivalry, man versus woman, yeah, whatever. There, there's all different types, and some of them are a little bit more focused on that rivalry, and others not so much. It's not a huge part of it. But I, we, we, we before we did this, before we went and saw the movie. I wanted to put together just a few lists Mm -hmm. just to kind of reiterate what I meant when we're talking about rivalries and how it really drives filmmaking and and basically the conflict of movies. You know, because when you're making a movie, most of the time, what is the conflict? And rivalries are the easiest one. So we started with sibling rivalries and I wanted to I wanted us to pick five that we could from movies just based on sibling rivalry um whether it was the main plot point of the movie or not so i picked five where they might not have been the main plot points of the movie some of which they certainly are but i picked five that that i really liked so i'll I'll start with my five and then and then we'll go with your five all right so in no particular order i have Ron Burgundy and Wes Mantooth in Anchorman, which is a rivalry that we didn't even know was a sibling rivalry until the end of the film. Um, but, uh, you know, pretty much great. Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn, uh, you know, I hate you, Ron Burgundy. Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. It's a very quotable rivalry between siblings there. Um, I also have The Lion King. Oh. Um, which is between so rough. Mufasa and Scar. Uh, which, yeah, like... Uh, that is a sibling rivalry that 
ended terribly and it's a Disney film and it out of all the movies that I have listed here it is the most tragic out of all of them by far um, but the classic case of one brother has power the other brother wants power like it goes all the way back to Shakespeare the Lion King is basically Hamlet anyways um, and then uh, I have the Oceans movies which are not by any means fueled by sibling rivalry but they have the Malloy brothers Virgil and Turk Malloy, played by Scott Kahn and Casey Affleck, who, I don't know if you know this, but they are, that was originally going to be um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And then Mark Wahlberg was going to play Matt Damon's role. But oh. then Mark Wahlberg couldn't play Matt Damon's role, and they moved Matt Damon, and then Ben, ben didn't get in. They got Casey instead. I had no idea. It's, it's, there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of moving parts in that, but that was that's a really fun one. I mean, they always have at least one moment in every film. Oh where yeah, that one reminds just me like of bickering. you and me exactly. And they're just like, no, I'm right. No, you're wrong. No, no, you're wrong. That one reminds me of of, of you and me. Probably, I'm flattered. The they're like some my favorite characters. They're probably fantastic. from the oceans. Films. Um, number four, I didn't name a specific movie. I just kind of went with the Marvel films because you have Thor and Loki. Yeah. But obviously, we have Thor Ragnarok coming up. Uh, in November, which we're definitely going to do on this show. Yes. But Thor and Loki is is a relatively new rivalry that is really turned into a really popular sibling rivalry in film. And then probably my favorite one, it's one of my favorite movies ever, but the movie Warrior with Tom Hardy and uh, the guy whose name is, I can't believe the guy's name is escaping me right now. Um, I, I can't believe I'm doing it. Uh, but it's Tommy and Brendan Conlon. As the brothers who are who are beating the crap out of each other, um, the MMA brothers, and and it's basically Rocky, but but with the with brothers, um, and it's so such a such a good movie um, that I have to actually look up the guy who played him, Joel <laughs> Egerton, because if I didn't remember Joel Egerton, Joel Egerton. Egerton's name, man. God, get your shit together. Oh, Jesus. I've never seen that movie. Okay, well, we're going to stop the I've podcast never and seen watch that the movie. movie. Well, it's a, I mean, we'll I don't be know, back. I don't know how much you're into, like, you know, MMA dudes fighting each other movies, but that is one of my, that's so fucking good. That movie's so good. Um, so those are my sibling rivalries. And so now I know you sent me some of yours. So I'll yes. let you tell us some of yours. So this is going to just like prove to everybody exactly <laughs> what type of films that I like. The ones that I thought of, um, if you guys know them, awesome. The number one that I will mention is Wish Upon a Star with Katherine Heigl. I think it was filmed in the 90s. Perfect. And I believe it was a Disney Channel original movie. I may be incorrect about that. But basically what happens is it's two sisters who like wish upon a star to switch lives with each other. And the whole beginning of when they do switch lives and like switch bodies pretty much, mm -hmm. um, they are just like terrorizing each other. Like they're embarrassing themselves because they're in their sibling's body. And it's just so funny and again it's set in high school so i love it um another one also set in high school and is also a musical i told you yeah is teen witch um if anybody has seen teen witch you know that the main girl she has a brother who's just like a piece of shit he's a pain in the ass and he's just like <laughs> making fun of her all the time for being like a loser even though she's not a loser Long story short, she literally makes a voodoo doll of her brother. Or no, that's of the principal. She turns her brother into a dog. So she makes a voodoo doll of her principal. But she's like so annoyed with her brother that she turns him into a dog. So I always kind of like loved that rivalry because it reminded me of you and I actually. Oh, Because great. they just like love to like bicker at each other sure. and just like get on each other's nerves. Be like he's just such and an it's asshole it's important to note that oftentimes our, our our bickering just generally turns to physical like you punch me at some usually it winds up with you punching me and then me chasing you we just like literally don't talk because sometimes when ricky's talking i just want to like slap him in his face <laughs> like looking at him right now i think like if i could just reach over and slap him in his face i would love it fortunately i have a microphone in my in, because in he's of my just face. like 
sometimes you know i have one of those faces exactly it's the face all right moving on another one i didn't know if it qualified but i thought like the whole plot of this movie was based off of like sibling hatred um the labyrinth (laughs) okay also an older film also musical but the whole film is basically set because the older sister is just like i wish you never existed to her baby brother I mean, admittedly, babies suck. <laughs> like, I was at dinner before the movie tonight, and there was a, uh, a a family sitting next to me, and they had a little baby. And that baby went from zero to 100, <laughs> like, at the drop of a hat. Like, it'd just be eating, and then all of a sudden it would be like, like Oh, my God. And I'm like, I hate babies. I, I realize I hate babies. It's wow. not their fault, stupid little humans. They're like a level one human. <laughs> Um, but yes, I, I yeah. count that. I, I so consider that So I think that, that one count. would qualify. So like in that film, she's literally, I wish you never existed. And boom, like the David baby disappears. Bowie. David, David Bowie, Bowie and his bulge. And his bulge. His freaking bulge shows up with like the craziest mullet, glitter, crazy eyeliner. And he's just like, come on, Sarah. <laughs> and they go on this crazy journey for her to basically get her baby brother back. Yep. And then um, another one, which isn't technically siblings, but it's Bride Wars. And it's a story of two girl best friends. And they basically grew up together. They were essentially sisters. And they plan their wedding on the same day. And so they just go through the process of destroying each other. And it's... It's actually really sad. Like, I think the first time I watched it, I was like, this is so sad. Like, why can't one of them just, like, be a nice friend and step down? It, like, made me really sad for them. So that is one that I kind of meshed up there with siblings because I just, their, like, relationship, they were basically, like, sisters. You wouldn't you wouldn't be a, a Williamson, even though you're at Theodosis now. <laughs> you wouldn't be a Williamson if you didn't, if you didn't kind of twist the rules a little bit Thank on our you. list making on this podcast. Exactly. And and then my number one um, is Ferris Bueller. Of course. Jeannie and Ferris. Absolutely. Like That's the, one the number best. one sibling rivalry film that I could think of. And also just a great film in general. Excellent. Music. Yep. Dancing. Yep. 80s. Yep. Fashion. Like just so actors, much fun. Actors. Actors. Film. film actors. Chicago. I, I like parades. that. Parades. Parade. Shane. <laughs> Uh, I like that one a lot too because they she they spend the whole movie she spends the whole movie trying to like destroy him yeah but then at the very end when it really counts she she, uh, she has, backs him up totally she, because you know. it's on her terms right exactly she doesn't want anybody else to get that satisfaction of like he got screwed over because of this guy she's right. like if I'm not like getting him in trouble or if I'm not doing this, nobody gets to, that's my brother. And I love that. And I actually, again, that's one that I'm like, I feel like (laughs) I can relate to that one with you because it's like, if anybody says anything about you or tries to do anything, I'm like, don't you fucking say that. That's my brother. (laughs) But then I can say whatever I want and I can slap you in the face. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And you're the younger sister too, which yeah, is crazy. I know. Uh, those that's a really good list. That's that's a that's that's a really good list. Excellent sibling rivalries. And you know, this was kind of a hard one. It was both a hard one and an easy one to research because what I really wanted to focus on with this particular episode was the battle of the sexes. But you don't find that that often being a centerpiece of a film. Totally. And so I went and did a little bit of research here. Um, and maybe you can pull some out of your head or maybe you can just talk s- about some that, that I have on here. But rivalries are obviously great. We've already talked about how the typical mono e mono, one versus one, I'm better than you. That has been a driving force for drama and storytelling since Cain and Abel. Yeah. Like literally the the number three and number four human beings on the planet started a rivalry. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been a tale as old as time. And so I went <laughs> and I did a little bit of research on rivalries based on gender. Yeah. Because uh, we talked about sibling rivalries. And so I wanted to do rivalries based on gender. Obviously, a lot of the ones I listed uh, were kind of – most of them actually, one, two, three, four, all of them were either brothers – 
uh, and brothers. Most of all, ones, all of them are brothers and brothers. And so those were all men versus man, but I also pulled some women versus women and some uh, men versus women, mm-hmm. um, despite that being really hard to find. Yeah. And so I listed some of the best men versus men rivalries. Uh, I cheated with some of these, um, <laughs> but like I have like your husband, my uh-huh. best friend Matt Diodosis, I don't know if you I don't know if you know this about him. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Big Sherlock Holmes guy. Oh yeah. Um, and so I wanted to bring up Sherlock and Moriarty mm-hmm. because that is truly a rivalry that has existed for hundreds of years in novels, in films, in television. And things like that. And so you although I don't know that that you might not have anything to add to that. Um, I wanted to start off with that one because I feel like that's a classic. one. Yeah. I mean, I already said the kind of films and stuff that I love. So truthfully, <laughs> I don't really know too much about that. The Sherlock. Yeah. I kept that. And so you might know a little bit more since we gave you the primer and we enjoyed the Summer of Heroes this yes. year. Yes. Um, talking about like. Professor X and Magneto, Thor and Loki. Yep. Most superhero right are most superhero movies are based on some form of yeah. rivalry. Um, how do you like that Thor Loki rivalry? You think that's one for the ages, or you think that's one that's just hot right now? I mean, I don't know. I think I'm fifty fifty. I think like okay, I'm into it. I think it works, but. When people start saying like, oh my gosh, Loki, he's like so mischievous and charming. Right. Like in a, I'm attracted to that way. Right. I'm just like, I mean, I don't see that. Is that why you like th- like the bad boy? He's just right. like, I'm crazy. I'm going to cause all this trouble. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He's a bad guy. I know. Uh, great point. Um, professor- the mask. All I'm going to say is the mask. <laughs> I can't like ever forget that we're one of these days we will do a crossover yes. something where we cross over jim carrey's the mask <laughs> with loki because jim carrey's the mask is loki's mask yeah like and even in the movie the mask they talk about loki in the here's a little bit of trivia for you did you ever see the shitty sequel the son of the mask no with jamie kennedy guess who plays loki who alan cumming who was in the movie we saw tonight. That's crazy. Yeah. Full circle. Can you kind of see, though, how yeah. Loki's kind of like a skinny British like guy with black hair like all the time? Yeah. Um, That's <laughs> so funny. Uh, the other one I brought up was Professor S and Meg. Professor X, not S. That's the shitty. That's the <laughs> S-Men. <laughs> and they are ripoffs. They really do a shitty job. They That's really why they're the S-Men, job. because they're shit. Profex, Professor X and Magneto I brought up because their rivalry is actually written as a allegory for um, uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, where Professor X represents Martin Luther King. He was the one who wanted to be more diplomatic. He's the one that wanted to bridge, build a bridge and, and have peace. And Magneto, even though they shared the same ideal, they both were pro-mutant in the case of Martin Luther King. And Malcolm X obviously wasn't mutant. It was African-Americans. Um, I feel like I don't have to tell anybody that hopefully Uh, but malcolm x know your history people (laughs) (laughs) but malcolm x and magneto were both more militants they were both more about getting their point across through any means necessary Mm -hmm. and that's a really interesting analogy to watch because these two are the best of friends they're practically brothers but they stand on very opposite sides of the same issue and just in how it should be Mm -hmm. uh taken um, I also brought up sports movies. Now, some sports movies I know <laughs> you're pretty familiar with. Yes. At pretty much any sports movies based around some form of rivalry, whether it be the Karate Kid or whether it be like Rush was a really good one with uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, um, an amazing, amazing film by Ron Howard that you should definitely check out. But then like Dodgeball, mm-hmm. Kingpin. They're all based around some mono mono rivalry, which leads me to the last one, which is pretty much any Will Ferrell movie. Oh, yeah. And I don't, I mean, I, I, let's pull up. Let's actually it's look like, this up It's like, gotta here. be part of that Will Ferrell, like, movie, like, Trope. equation. Or, like, we need one Will Ferrell and one rival, and then, like, someone licking white dog shit. I don't know. I mean, shockingly <laughs> enough, one of the ones that I was... 
I was almost sure that you were going to mention, but you didn't, was stepbrothers. Yeah. Because whether, and I'm not even talking about the stepbrothers. I'm talking about Adam Scott's brother. Yeah. Oh. As well. I'm so disappointed in myself. It's basically, I purposely didn't put it in there. But I mean, if you look at everything That's from. so true. You look at everything from Anchorman to Starsky and Hutch to Kicking and Screaming to Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights, Blades of Glory, Brothers, Zoolander, all of them are yeah. the other guys. Like literally the campaign. Uh, I'm trying to Anchorman Two. There's they're all based on Daddy's Home. <laughs> they're all based on a rivalry. Yeah. It's all about a rivalry with yeah. Will Ferrell movies. So. It's, well, and I, even in like Superstar, it's not necessarily like him in the rivalry, right? But it's still in that Will Ferrell movie. And I think most of the time, when you're talking about comedies, that's a pretty easy, yeah, easy well to pull from. But it, you're right, though. You're 100 percent right, and I think that it's always like a Will Ferrell versus somebody who's not Will Ferrell, yeah. And just seeing what kind of combinations we can get, whether it be Kevin Hart. Mark Wahlberg, John C. Riley, uh, so many different ones. Yeah. Um, ben Affleck, not Ben Affleck, the other Ben Stiller. <laughs> ben Affleck, I got Ben Affleck. Batman, on the brain. watch out. Will Ferrell Will is Ferrell going to the next battle Batman. Batman. Um, yeah, but that's, I mean, even the Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. Going all the way back to the brothers having, oh my fighting with each other and, and whatever, and even having a rivalry with their dad. Will Ferrell movies pretty much always. Have a rivalry. Form around that rivalry. So that's sort of the the men versus the men rivalry. And then I tried to look up some that was was a little more women versus women. Can I women. say one more men versus yes, men rivalry? Yes, please do. Absolutely. Um, I don't, again, this is like my type of movie. Has anybody ever seen the movie Max Keeble's Big Move? <laughs> I remember the <laughs> song or from Or Big Fat Max, Liar. I, I remember the song from Max Keeble's Big Move. Do you, do you know the song? Was it a Hoku song? No, it was like um, it was like Because <laughs> if it was, I do. It was like a jingle, like a terrible jingle. Like, a, I'm coming to the thing. And I don't remember. I'm going to have to look it up, but okay. yes. I don't remember that, but that's a great one. Mm -hmm. It's basically like student versus principal. And there's a, Classic. Part, there's a part in it where he's just like, I'm big and you're small. And he's just like so mean to this student. It makes me scared to ever think about having a child. Right. Like I'm like, is my principal just going to be so mean to right. my child? Uh, who knows? Who knows what's happening in your own backyard, people? Who knows what's happening in your own schools? In your own Question schools. Question everything. And then Big Fat Liar mm -hmm. is a great one. Movie I producer. love that movie. Basically, yeah, a high school student writes this story to basically pass his class so he can go on summer vacation. And this movie producer... Hits him on a bike, gives him gives him a ride in his limo, and the kid leaves the the paper in his car. This freaking producer reads it and is like, "This is an idea for a great film," yep. and turns it into like this blockbuster hit. And so the kid basically goes to Hollywood and tracks him down and just starts like terrorizing terrorizing him. him. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, so that I just had to mention those two. Those are good ones. Absolutely, you want to mention those. Um, but moving on to women versus women. Women versus women. I, I don't know why, but the, the, these movies, I know you've seen all these oh, movies. Oh, totally. So these ones I feel like I can let you you kind of take a swing at. Oh, absolutely. And kind of introduce them to us all because I know you've seen all of them. And, and you some of these, like particularly number four, mm -hmm. is like one that we like I was raised on. Oh, totally. So I'll, I'll let you take the okay. lead on some of these here. Um, well, the first one on our list would be Bridesmaids, mm -hmm. which is a great all-female, like, I mean, female-ran cast pretty much. Like right. all the leads in that film are females and I think it was maybe one of Kristen Wiig's first big breakouts from after she got off of SNL as a starring role for yeah, sure yeah and so that one's classic it's someone's getting married I'm sure most of the listeners of this podcast have seen it but for those who have not right um it's basically like a best friend is trying to be the best version of herself while going through all of her own terrible things that are happening in her life 
and she's being shadowed by this new friend and so they kind of just go head to head to be a better bridesmaid who can be the better friend who can be the better friend and it's a true shit show but it's <laughs> literally it's yeah it literally it's very, turns into a shit show and that was one of like melissa mccarthy's, um, McCarthy's first, first like big thing that made her be like wow that girl is so crazy mm-hmm. and so funny like mm-hmm. we need to see more of her so that's that's a really it's good a classic one. yeah um and then a league of their own great film i feel like that's one of those movies that i also kind of sibling, grew up on it's a sibling rivalry and it's a sibling too. rivalry yeah. yeah so um what i mean time period is that set in like world war ii okay yes yeah, is world war ii all the men went to fight overseas during world war ii so the, the women, women were stayed playing home. baseball exactly and so um yeah basically they get drafted for this team long story short um one of them is kind of getting a little bit more famous and the other one feels very shadowed by that and so they're kind of competing for their own fame in a way right even though they don't really ever like show that either of them want that fame they just want like the attention saying like hey i'm really good at what i'm doing like it's why the, am i not getting that recognition it's exactly what that is it's the it's not the admiration it's not being a star it's the acknowledgement that that I am just as good as you are because they don't play the same position either. Yeah. One's a catcher, one's a pitcher. Mm -hmm. And the one, oh, you're the best and you're the prettiest. Yeah. And you're tall and exactly. Yeah. And so it's it's the it's the classic. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm not the younger sibling, but it's the it's the classic what you see in movies. The younger sibling, I'm better than the older sibling, or I'm just as good as the older sibling kind of thing. I'm better. I'm definitely better See, than the, exactly. uh, the older that's what sibling. Exactly. I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but that's a great film. Tom exactly. Hanks is in it, and he's awesome. Amazing. If anybody film. can't pinpoint, it's like a famous line of his where he's like, there's no crying in baseball. And it, that's one of his, I feel like, one of his most iconic lines. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, For sure. It's a classic film. It's. If you haven't seen The League of Their Own, you need get the to see fuck it. out of here. <laughs> Just stop listening yeah. and go watch it. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Um, Madonna's in it, Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell's Great in it. Great cast. Lori Petty, John Lovitz, Bill Pullman, also in this and movie yeah. tonight. That's true. Yep. Great film. Great film. Um, moving on, Mean Girls, mm-hmm. of course. Of course I've seen that one. I think I mentioned it earlier. You did. The high school um, drama. High school drama. I live for it. I think maybe <laughs> because my life wasn't very dramatic in high school. So I love just feeling better about myself watching all of these terrible things happen to other people. Um, so Mean Girls, again, that's one of those movies. If you haven't seen it, you probably should. And that's got a great a great amount of just quotable lines it's um basically a group of mean girls in high school who befriend this new student and the new student originally starts becoming their friend to sabotage them right but she starts morphing into them and turns into a mean girl on her own and it's it's a really great movie i love it so much the end is awesome um and yeah, the next one, number four, this is the one we were talking about where we yeah. both had like, I don't understand why like we were allowed to watch this well, because I mean, watching it now, it's, it's pretty, it's super dark weird and it's dark. super morbid, but yeah. it's a very, very black comedy. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I talked about literally in one of our first episodes, <laughs> I talked about how dad took me to see Starship Troopers <laughs> when I was 11. Yeah. So that probably has a lot to do with why we were allowed to watch this movie. But is Death Becomes Her. Yes. Death Becomes Her. Uh, Goldie Hawn, Meryl Streep. Bruce uh, Willis. Bruce Willis. Yep. It is a great film. It's incredible. Um, basically, you know that both of the females start off as rivals from the beginning. Right. They're like fake friends to each other, frenemies, as what um, I guess that would be That's a great term. term to use right here. Um, and one of them is married to Bruce Willis at the beginning. Then the other one gets married to him later on in the film. And they basically kill, kill each, each other. other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just kill each like. They kill each he other. Devout, well, he's this super nerdy dude who is a plastic surgeon, I guess. That's why they love him so much. 
and he uh, develops a potion, or they go. They, they go, find like a witch or yeah, something. Yeah, they go to some fucking and weird organization. It's like the fountain of youth. Like it's a vial, uh-huh. and they like pluck her finger. I remember, and Meryl Streep is like, "What's happening to my, hand? my hand?" And it's like turns so young. Yeah. And so they go to this woman's house. Bruce they like Willis kills Meryl Streep. Yeah. Shoves her down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep wakes up because the potion on an accident. The potion gave them eternal life. Yeah. And so he accidentally pushes her down the stairs, well, half accidentally, breaks her neck. She's alive still. And then Goldie Hawn shows up, and then Meryl Streep shotguns her through the, the abdomen. Yeah. And it's really one of those movies that is, it's literally basically like three characters for the majority of the mm-hmm. movie. And it's all just a special effects like showcase. Totally. Like, look at all these cool special effects we can do in this mansion with this makeup. Yeah. But it is very much a rivalry mm-hmm. film until they realize that they can't just keep fighting. Destroying the- each other. Exactly. Exactly. And, like, at the end of the film, like, they're literally using spray paint as makeup because they are they didn't take <laughs> care of themselves. And they can't die. They will live forever as these gross, like, fallen it's apart, like, bleak zombie-looking people. Yeah. And they're using spray paint as, like, makeup. It ends and with it them shattering off. into pieces. It's so bizarre. But, yeah, I feel like we watched that a lot I feel like up. we watched it a lot, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the Thanks, last Mom. one. <laughs> the, the very last one. Let's bring it on. Of course. Of course. Bring it on again. Like, I feel like Boom. just a lot of high school drama and rivalry. A lot of high school female drama. Yeah. God, women are such jerks to each other. I mean, I didn't make Which the makes movies. me excited to talk to like talk about the movie that we will be right. talking about it's later. Quite because the opposite. it's very opposite. Um, but yeah, bring it on. Again, one of those classic films. If you haven't seen it, um, you should watch it. It's really funny. Basically, a cheerleading squad has been stealing cheers. It sounds so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it's literally like played oh as God. being like this is the most serious thing in the world. I know. It's cheerleading, it's nationals. I know. It's competition. And the white the white school I mean if we want to boil it down, the white school has been stealing cheers from the Compton school. Yeah. And it's cheerleading competition. And bring it. Oh yeah. it's been brought. Yeah. It's already been brought in. And there's just like a lot of backstabbing. Yep. A lot of mean girls. Yep. And it's a lot of it's cheering. a good rivalry film it's because great rivalry they film. just have like a cheer off to be like, no, I'm the best cheerleader. It's a high school rivalry <laughs> film. It's a mean girls rivalry yeah. film. And it's also a sports film, too. Like yeah. cheerleading is a sport. That's so true. That's what they'll tell you. That's true. Um, <laughs> you really like brought that back. Really circled it back around, right? Yeah, we went from like they literally kill each other and blow each other up like with a shotgun too. So these cheerleaders are fucking crazy. They will, and they will bring it. They will bring it. <laughs> um, and so, lastly, and, and we don't have to talk about these in in any super great detail. Um, but the the last one I want to mention was uh, is obviously men versus women battle of the sexes, yeah. and there really isn't many films where this is the central theme of the film. Yeah, it was kind of hard to pull. We, I didn't even get five. Yeah, because there are films where like a man fights woman, like Kingsman, like the woman is the henchman with the razor legs, and yeah, they fight, but it's not really the main. Like, cornerstone yeah storyline of it all exactly of the film so obviously batman versus any of his female villains catwoman poison ivy harley quinn one of the most popular kind of battle of the sexes type um, yeah sort of equations uh john mr and mrs smith is probably yeah. one of the most obvious ones that i found um just in the sense that they literally beat the shit out of each other like all throughout the middle yeah. of the movie uh, and then we have Haywire, which I know is a movie you haven't seen. Yeah, I, I um, It's uh, got MMA star Gia Carano in it where she's a secret agent. And Ewan McGregor is her ex-boyfriend and, mm-hmm. like, betrays her. And so she literally fucking fights and kills, like, Ian McGregor, Michael Fassbender, Channing Tatum, like all these big name stars. Spoilers, if you haven't seen that. Eh, no everyone's no dead. one saw it. It was like $9 million. <laughs> no one saw it. It's a great movie, though. You should check it out. Okay. Um, but then going back around to Will Ferrell yep. again, Will F- Ron Burgundy versus Veronica Corningstone, like that is w- probably one of the best, most recent examples of the battle of the sexes. Yeah, I would agree. Um, 
they just beat the hell out of they each other. They do, yeah. And it's like <laughs> what first started off is like they like were supportive and happy, and then it turned out like, oh, Ron Burgundy actually is not like wanting to be an equal with Veronica at the beginning of the movie. And she's just like, this will not do. And they just like go after each other pretty yep. much. And it's like, no, I'm better. No, I'm better. And um, <laughs> y'all have probably seen that movie, but that's a great example. And honestly, I can't really think of any others like men versus women specific. I mean, Wonder Woman, again, like she's a woman. And then who she was fighting was a male. Right. But ultimately, like he was like this, like, He's a god. god. So it's like, uh, he was a male in the film, but it wasn't really like Wonder Woman versus this crazy guy. No, but it, you know? but but you could make the argument that it's Wonder Woman versus the male society. Yeah. You know, like men are the one who are fighting the war and, and you know, men are the one who, you know, obviously the gods and the god of war and Ares being a dick and all that. Same thing with like a uh, great example, Mad Max. Yeah. Furious Road. Yeah. Fury oh, Road. Furious Road. That whole thing is is <laughs> is a rivalry between between women and men. Yeah. Um, Furiosa and Immortus and Joe. Mm-hmm. You know who killed the world? You know men killed the world. That thing. That yeah. kind of thing like that. So it's definitely, you know, in 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 the 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 realm of pop culture. It's just you really don't see it that often yeah that publicly advertised yeah you know um a lot of times it's just uh in the case of wonder woman it's just it's the strong female right Mm -hmm. and so that kind of brings it all around towards talking about the movie that we went and saw which is battle the sexes the story of billie jean king and her rivalry which really wasn't all of that storied of a rivalry yeah Basically, this one match that she went against against uh, Bobby Riggs. And Bobby Riggs was, at the time, he was like 52. He was washed up. And he was a former great. Like, Bobby Riggs was formerly a great tennis champion. Yeah. And he had, you know, he was working a deadbeat job. And he was falling out with his wife. And he was coming on hard times. And so, if nothing else, he was a showman. You know, he was the guy who's like, I got a great idea. Yeah. Um, was he kind of a dick? Yeah. I mean, he was kind of a dick. Was he as big of a dick as he maybe uh, appeared to be? I don't think he was, especially when you look at the movie. Yeah. Um, but going into it, how much did you know about Billie Jean King about this movie in general? Because you were the one who suggested doing this movie together. Yeah. I thought it was a great idea. But did you know anything about it beyond just the trailer? I really didn't. Um, again, like one of my favorite films right now is La La Land. So to me, I'm like, Emma Stone is wonderful. I, I've really loved her ever since she started acting. Right. Super bad. Uh, Oscar winner. (laughs) Super bad. From Scottsdale, Arizona. From, From Arizona. Yeah. But I just think she's wonderful. And so I was excited to see her next film. And this was the next big one that was coming out. Um, I also love Steve Carell and I love that they had previously been in a film together um crazy, crazy stupid, stupid love, love? Okay. Mm-hmm. and they i just was excited for it and the few trailers that i saw i thought this is fun this is interesting and i'm i want to see like a period piece right. and i just thought it was a fun period the 70s you know i f- i feel like you don't see too much of like 70s period pieces at least for me i'm sure there's plenty out there sure. that i just haven't seen sure but this one was just intriguing for me right and so i was excited to see it it was certainly advertised as like uh this movie set in the 70s and yeah. it's emma stone and steve carell going toe to toe yeah and something else i'm not sure if we mentioned yet but this is based on a true story yep. Billie Jean these King. are all true events these are real people that they're portraying yeah and so that was also exciting to see them portray like something that actually happened and something that like my parents remember and like remember hearing about it sure. and remember when it was on TV and stuff like that. So I thought that was really neat and exciting. You know, and I kind of felt the same way, you know, I when when we start getting into Oscar season, I start paying attention to these sort of Oscar movies like this movie had a lot of talk underneath it about obviously Steve Carell, Emma Stone performances and things like that. And I'm the same way. Uh, ever, I mean, Emma Stone has been on the list for a long time of somebody to pay attention to, and then she won her Oscar, and I'm immediately interested in what I she's doing next. I mean, Aloha was 
Uh, I mean, there's great, that. you guys. <laughs> Where she played a half Asian person. We're not even oh, going to get into it. Emma, it's not your fault. It's not your fault, It's not Emma. your fault, Emma. Okay. If you're listening, we understand. Um, <laughs> but I, I went into this movie expecting that same thing. Now, I will say that, you know, I really enjoyed their two performances. Yeah. Before anything else, like this movie is about the performances of Emma Stone and Steve Carell. And I thought they did great. To be honest, there were times where I forgot it was Emma Stone. Yeah. Like this is this this is definitely the character of Billie Jean King and you know, and I knew a little bit more about Billie Jean King. Um, not not a ton, but I had read the Wikipedia. Yeah. And I, I knew how this all shook out in the end anyways. But there were times where I thought Emma's like, man, I'm, you know, she's got one scene near the end where she's crying. I'm like that's they're gonna try and get her an Oscar for that. Yeah. Um. And Steve Carell was really good too, but he was also basically like Michael Scott, except a little shittier. Yeah. Like that's what I thought, which isn't like, bad. Like Michael Scott being aware of like being kind of a shitty person. Right. right. It'd be like if he did Prison Mike, but like he <laughs> knew he was doing Prison Mike. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Yes, I completely agree. It's oh like my god, all, all, Mike. <laughs> all, all of the things that Steve Carell does <sighs> that are super shitty in the movie, he does knowing that they are. This is all a show. This yeah. is to get people's butts in the seats. I'm playing the male chauvinist pig. And you're playing the hairy leg feminist. feminist. Um, and and I thought that was interesting in the sense that it was willing to show Bobby Riggs in a in a slightly more sympathetic light, you know, because the yeah. trailers are just like, oh, he's a dick. But he definitely has sympathy towards him. And he definitely shows even at the end, you know, he shows humility and, and respect uh, a certain level of respect, I should say, to to Billy Jean King and whatnot. Um, but other than that, like. I know you and I walked out of this movie very surprised, mm -hmm. and this is we should mention this. Is not we're not really getting into spoilers too much, although it's based on a true story. There's not much to spoil, but we'll talk about some more in-depth spoilers. But were you surprised at what the movie actually wound up being, and were you happy with it, or were you like, oh, that's not really what I wanted to see? I think that half of the movie was what I wanted to see, and the other half of the movie. I didn't expect it, right? I mean, and maybe I didn't. Maybe I should have read more into it and learned sure. a little bit more about it. But from what was portrayed in the the uh, movie trailers, was about only half of the film, right? And the might I add half. the last half? Yeah. And so I walked out thinking, like, you know, it was a good film. Yeah. I probably won't go out and spend money to see it again. But if it but was on TV, I'd watch it. it totally. Yeah. yeah. So it was great. Um, it, it did deliver what I was expecting, just not as long and as much as I was hoping for, I right. guess. Right. Because it really is a, a, a character study on Billie Jean King and Bobby uh, Riggs. And it really pays more attention. I mean, it is it, the movie's called Battle of the Sexes, but it is more. It is about much more than just that tennis match. It's about the genuine battle for equality that, yeah. that women started fighting way back in the seventies. Are still fucking fighting for it now. Totally. Although it's certainly gotten infinitely better than what it was there, where it's just like, hey, honey, it's the pretty oh face God. and blah, blah, blah. And listen, there are times where it's pretty shitty right now for women and, yeah. and for people like that. But I like to think that we've made a pretty large amount of progress since then. Yeah. I mean, fuck, you're your own business owner, which is super impressive. Thank you. Um, But, but yeah, there is a lot more about Billie Jean King and a lot more about her sexuality and mm -hmm. how that kind of is developing and a lot more about her relationships and whatnot and same thing with bobby riggs his relationship with his family and his relationship to his friends that i wasn't really expecting and i don't know that there was necessarily better or worse i certainly like the second half of the film more because i really feel like it it's energy picked up yeah it really felt once she decided like all right i'm gonna fucking do this yeah you could feel the energy pick up and, and the rest of it is just kind of felt like it was just kind of cheesy and it felt like it was falling into some typical stereotypes. Um, there was a lot of like love story at the beginning, which yeah. is fine. And I think that's important for like the character development and you can see like how people, 
how Billie Jean is feeling and what she was feeling for certain people in the film. But I didn't go into this movie looking for a love story. And so the beginning, exactly like you said, I was pretty bored and I was actually just like okay i'm ready for like let's play this. some fucking tennis totally <laughs> i'm ready for this like rivalry and like what was sold to me in the trailer to get started and exactly like you said when it did get started it was like i did feel that energy pick up and i was like m- way more invested um and that's not like putting down the love story and everything that was portrayed in the beginning of the film although we, it just, i will put down a character when we get into spoilers. yeah we'll get to that it was just more of like that wasn't the film i signed up or not signed up but that is not the film that i went in to go see so sure. i wasn't expecting that like love story also like going to see like any film with your brother if there's like romantic parts it's just like uh okay no, it was fucking, it was yeah fucking like weird i'm just like let's like get out of this and like go to the next so Billy, we both went into it thinking it's going to be like this crazy sports game right not crazy sports game but it's going to be this tennis rivalry and we're going to see how they like deal with each other and the character development in that aspect right. specifically but it got a lot more personal for both of them meanwhile at the 30 minute mark billy jean realizes she likes women and, and her and another girl start <laughs> addressing each other and i'm sitting there in a theater with my sister like this is fucking weird. Can we please move the fuck on? Oh my god! Like, it's not not that it, not that it's not good or bad or anything like that. But yeah, it certainly caught me by surprise. So the last just like thing, I wouldn't want to see that with like my parents. Right. Exactly. Like, you know, it's just it's one just of those but that's just the I'm relationship like, eh. we have. I know that there are other people who have uh, different relationships with different people who whatever. <laughs> Not our family. Our f- we're we're dumb. We don't need any. We we're- hate when people undress each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's but yeah, so weird. it was like moments in the film where I was just like, yeah, like I'm just like I get it. Like right. I want to get into Let's like what on. was sold to me. Right. So that is. So do you feel like you were mis mis misled by the trailer, or do you feel like you it was part of your your you didn't do your research, or a little bit of both? I, f- I don't know if I would necessarily say I felt misled because what was in the trailer and is that in story movie. is in the movie. Sure. There's just a lot of what was not in the trailer that sure. was in the movie. And I don't know if like you and I are very opposite when it comes to spoilers and doing like uh-huh. our research for anything. I'll watch the trailers of anything that comes out. And that is pretty much anything that I will watch or like not read but know about yeah Yeah. consume and learn about the film so when i see a trailer for a film that i want to see that's pretty much all i know about it unless it's based off of a book that i had read already sure like that's a whole different ballpark but for like this film there was a whole story that wasn't even in the trailer it wasn't advertised and maybe i rewatch the trailer again and i'll catch it and maybe it is in the trailer but to my record or to my knowledge i just didn't sure see that so i sure. don't i wouldn't say that i felt misled um i i feel like everything that was in the trailer was in the film sure sure so and so so with i that, just had to wait for it of course a little bit. yeah it did they did make you wait for it so with that that's the non-spoiler review i think we both thought the movie was fine yeah um to me it's microwave popcorn like it's a perfectly decent film it's got some really good performances in it do you need to rush out and see it right now probably not you probably red box that or you could probably you know rent it on amazon for 4.99 and you'll be all right um that's that's at least how i feel about it yeah but i do want to get into one spoiler part about this film and you and I had a conversation about it, but it's the character of Marilyn. And, Ugh, the, and the character of Marilyn, Marilyn. For those of you who don't know, Billie Jean King ended up being a pretty staunch uh, uh, activist for um, LGBT. for L- LGBTQ. Yep. I don't know all the act letters. I apologize. <laughs> oh I know it makes me sound shitty. I, I apologize. No, it's fine. I, I'm trying. Yeah, um, you're trying. And, and she was a big advocate for that. And so part of this movie was kind of her awakening sexuality towards women. And I fucking hated the hair. So she's getting her hair did, right? And the hairdresser is the girl who she sparks this relationship with. And when it, just from the very beginning, the hairdresser is just kind of like, like fluffing her hair. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not what a hairdresser does. <laughs> like... I got, I got, I was getting mad because if this was any, like, if this was 
like a dude playing with a girl's hair, it'd be fucking weird. <laughs> and and the thing is, is is Billie Jean King is married. She was married to Larry King, who two things. Number one, seemed like a great guy. He number did. two, he was a real stand up guy. Number two, great fucking hair. That guy no. had yes. He uh, had who played, who played hair. Larry King? Austin Stowell. That, I mean, that feathered 70s comb over look. I, I mean, it. it was great for the 70s. Yeah, not right now. Yeah. But as a 70s hairstyle, okay. yeah. that dude had a 70s hairstyle like a motherfucker. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and he's a cool dude. He's super cool dude. Super cool, you know, uh, um, accepting that Billie Jean King is a, uh, 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 competitor and like golf or golf tennis is her number one love and all that and there is something to be said about like when you are when you are married but you uh, not you but when somebody is married and they have that awakening and they have that realization that they've been suppressing this feeling their entire life and they're finally getting the chance to act on it there's something to be said about that right there there is a defense to that of course but basically her and Marilyn have this affair and Marilyn is just turns into this kind of selfish bitch. <laughs> like she's like, oh, I'm gonna uh, maybe oh, can we invite Marilyn on the tour? And Billie Jean's like, oh no, I don't think so. And she's like, no, I could totally come. Yeah, it's like bitch, know your role. She just invited herself, and she in she inserted herself like, well, I don't know how to help you. Like it just she came off as very very selfish. Yeah, and I feel like the movie tried to portray her as a little bit more sympathetic and failed. How do you feel about that? How, yeah. did, how did you feel about Marilyn and that whole relationship? Because I, I really hated that character. Yeah. And I, I I hated how, like, her husband's there to support her, and then she just fucking shows up. Yeah. Like, this is totally fine. And if that was a, another, if that was a boyfriend. Oh, totally. It would be so wrong. Well, and that was something that I had said. I said, um, I really don't like when films romanticize affairs right and i feel like they did that in a sense in this movie um because they were showing like billy jean's awakening and realizing like i'm not happy in this marriage and it's really more of a business partnership which they definitely they definitely dive into in the movie they show how her husband really is like a go-to for business and really kind of like her pr person and really helps her with a lot of that stuff right so it makes sense you know if she wasn't happy why they were together still right um and she she was so dedicated dedicated to tennis even in the movie he says um i'm i'm the I'm not what you're competing with. Like right. I already know that I'm second place because tennis is Billie Jean's first love. So he already knows that he's on the back burner in her life, which is why when fucking Marilyn comes in, he kind of doesn't, he like wants to do something, but ultimately his character just kind of gives up and knows that like she isn't happy. And this is definitely more of just, a partnership and a friendship more than like a love and right. a life together right. beyond work and success. Right. And so I thought that was really interesting. I just don't like how they like romanticized it. I don't like how they romanticized it. And if you really want to portray that, that sort of homosexual awakening in somebody, it, it sh- your film shouldn't make the husband the more sympathetic than than the new partner yeah like the new partner like she's selfish she's uh kind of headstrong you know she's just they're traveling around together and she fucking knows that she's a distraction and she leaves and then like she comes back which i thought was even more of a selfish move yeah meanwhile the husband is over here just like listen i know my place this is what it is, but you need to understand that Billie Jean's first love is, is tennis. Yeah. And it just did, I feel like it did a really shitty job of portraying that part of her life when in reality that is a huge part of her life. Yeah. And I feel like it needed to do that more justice if yeah. it was going to do it at all. Um, that being well, and said, I would say like for the first like 20 minutes of the film, like she had a ring on her finger, but like she, you never heard if it was like her husband or her wife. Like they right. never really disclosed like who she was with, like in a partnership. Um, 
in that marriage and then like about 15 20 minutes into the film you find out like oh it's her husband her husband's here and um it's like not that it really was a big deal either way but it almost was like they kind of set you up to be like what's going on like where what where are you what are you into and then you find out she's married to this i thought larry was a great guy right a great guy and um she has feelings for another woman and to be like looking at it from another perspective if she's dealing with those emotions and she's been afraid to come out and granted that's in the 70s so you and i really have no idea of like what that would ever be like well and even even today exactly no like you're married you're straight i'm straight and singles but i mean like the (laughs) even the realization of those feelings i'm saying we wouldn't have any clue we would have no clue right today it's a lot easier there's still a very long fight i hope it's not a long fight for those who are dealing with that and everybody can get married to whomever they want but in the 70s like i can only imagine how much more difficult that would have been for her to be feeling like maybe i'm into women but like no no like that cannot be like my even in the film she says what will my parents think what will like everyone think especially when you're a public figure like if you're alan cummings character who's just like a fucking fashion designer fashion designer like he knows that he's not no big icon like Billie Jean King is. Yeah. And so he can be who he is. And they even shoehorn at the and I again, like it's not the message that's the problem. I just feel like they did a really kind of crappy, you know, Hallmark movie kind of way of shoehorning it in where Alan Cumming, who's in the movie but not a ton, has yeah. this really profound moment with her at the end where she he hugs her and he's like, One day we'll be able to love who we love. Yeah. And it's like for sure, I get that. But this is a real fucking hammer on the head moment yeah. in a movie that I didn't feel earned it in that respect. Now, if we want to talk yeah. about the men versus women I thing, agree. I feel like it did a lot better. Yeah, um, I agree. But, uh, but you know, other than that, you know, I I think that the film was pretty good. Yeah, uh, I can't I can't complain. My last question to you before we wrap it up and before. Uh, I want to make sure I, I give you an opportunity to plug anything if you have anything to plug because we want to plug your business and tell people about it. But my last question to you is do you think that we're going to get any type of awards love for this movie? I think Emma has the best chance of yeah. anything. But what do you think? I would say out of everybody, Emma definitely has the best chance. She carries that movie. She's sure. definitely the lead in that film. Um, she did really great. And again, I don't know if this is because I just really have always admired her and thought she's a great actress. But she, there is the scene at the end where she's just sitting in the locker room happily crying Uh and she really yeah like you can just feel like the tension like rolling off her shoulders in the scene and i thought she acted really beautifully in the entire film so potentially yeah i guess it just depends on what else is coming out and um who the other contenders would be well we've had two big strong movies with with you know the young oscar-winning actresses we had mother with jennifer lawrence and we had this with emma stone that we're, we're anchored by very, very strong performances by those lead actresses, but the movies themselves kind of, you yeah. know, kind of fluttered a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, but before we go, I want to ask, obviously, I mentioned it already. You own your own business. Mm-hmm. I want to give you an opportunity to plug it. Oh. Uh, tell people tell people about what you do, where they can learn more, what they can follow you on. Cool. So uh, my husband and I, um, Ricky's best friend. My best friend. <laughs> we have three different companies, actually. So our first like main company is called Tremaine Ranch. And we do weddings and events. So we do custom builds for them. We do rental and decor rentals, tableware, all kinds of fun stuff. And then we also do the Ivy event. And the Ivy event is basically a community event for creative entrepreneurs. We, um, when we first started getting into being business owners, I guess, we tried to network and go to networking events and we just really had a terrible time at them. And we didn't really (laughs) like them. And we never felt very welcome because a lot of the networking events, at least the ones we went to, were older people, a little bit more established, and a little bit more reserved, I'm assuming, to seeing younger business owners come in and thinking like, oh, it's so easy. Sure. And I felt like that 
when we had gone to those events and I just didn't like it. So I had this crazy idea of creating a networking event that we don't like to say networking event about and we just basically have a fun happy hour and people buy tickets to attend and they get food and drinks and get to meet all of these really great um creative entrepreneurs artists photographers this can be anybody um like bloggers in phoenix really anywhere if you're in town we would love to have you i emceed the last one yeah ricky did (laughs) he did a great job he always does our raffle for them thank you so those are really fun um and again that's called the ivy event and then our last thing that we are rolling out in november is called row house 25 and this is a small desert boutique accommodation in Florence, Arizona. So it's a a 1890 old row house that has been flipped into a two suite Airbnb. And so we're super excited for this. There's nothing else like it. There's no nice accommodations around it. So anybody who's going to visit that city or even driving around the desert and looking for a great place to stay. Because people do like wedding events out there. Like it's a great like desert's a super popular desert themed and and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And Florence is a hell of a place to do it. But there's no nice place to be there. There's no nice accommodations. Now, actually, let me take that back. There are a couple of nice, like, hotels that For you can sure. stay yeah, at. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's no Airbnbs or any, like, short-term vacation properties you could rent. There is a really beautiful wedding venue in that town. And so we have talked to previous clients who had gotten married there, um, photographers that we know who shoot there. And the common bummer about this venue um, is just there's nowhere nice for like the bride to get ready with her bridesmaids sure. or the bride and groom or bride and bride and groom and groom to like leave the venue and stay somewhere nice. There's nothing like it. They either have to like drive all the way back to Phoenix or stay in the same Marriott or courtyard style resort, sure. not even a resort, just a small hotel. holiday in style hotel where all of their other guests may be staying as well. So we're basically taking this idea to see how it works out. But so far we've gotten Really great feedback, and a lot of people are very excited for it. And so we're excited to see that play out. And what was the name of that again? That is Row House 25. Row House 25. Well, Leah, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. That was super cool. It was super fun. Um, we'll have to do it again, obviously. We'll have to find another movie. Usually, I'll let you pick the movie, and we'll do it again. But, awesome. uh but again, thanks so much for being a part of this. Again, you can look up, you can follow Tremaine Ranch, you can look up the Ivy event, you can look up Row House 25, Instagram, Facebook, you're on all of those. On all of it. All of those. And as usual, you can follow The Popcorn Diet on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And please, please always do us a favor. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your kids, tell your wife, wherever you're listening, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, like, rate, subscribe, share us. We want to build the Popcorn Diet community into something big and great. And by having these guest hosts, we really, really love it. So again, thanks for my sister, Leah Theodosis, thank you so much for being here. I am Rick Williamson, your very best movie buddy, and we'll see you next time at the movies on a popcorn diet. Adios.